came to church uh, and um, put my sermon together and then realized I didn't bring my laptop. So this is what I'm... So don't uh, be gracious with me tonight. Joshua chapter 10, we'll do well. We'll do good tonight. The peculiarity tonight of the time that we're living in, COVID-19 and all that has been going on, the seasons that we've been facing, has left us with a reality tonight. A reality that we have to understand and establish that we have never lived in a time like this. We have to agree tonight that we've been through some very trying times. We've been through some very difficult times. But I believe that what we're seeing in this season that we're living in has no doubt changed our lives. It has also caused us not only to change, but for some of us, unwillingly forced us to change. It has challenged us. For some of us, it has been an upheaval battle. But I want to challenge and encourage you tonight, because in material of what the season may bring, God always has His purpose. And that is, a re- that is a reality that rings through all throughout the Christian life. And we are clearly aware, beloved, that no matter what happens, God is always faithful. I want to read Joshua chapter 10. I preach to you a sermon I've called, No Other Day Like It, or No Day Like It. Out of Joshua chapter 10, uh, this is... The story of Joshua, after he had finished and finished fighting the battle of Ai, they have won, they have championed the battle. But in this passage, the king of the Amorites are upset with Joshua. They don't want them to conquer the land of Gibeon. And in this passage, we begin to find God's involvement on a day like no other. Joshua 10 verses 12 through 15. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenged upon their enemies. And Joshua goes on to say, or rather the word of God goes on to say, Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And after there has been no day like that before it, after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp of Gilgal. So Joshua and his men had just completed one of the most 
ferocious battles of their time. They fought in the battle of Ai. And we know the story where Achan uh, stole some of the spoils. And because of Achan's doing, because of Achan's unrighteousness, uh, they began to experience defeat in the camp. Later on, Joshua called them one by one. They called one tribe to another tribe, 12 tribes in total. And he said, okay, where, where did we go wrong right here? It'll be like you trying to identify a problem with an electrical wiring. Okay, let's go one by one, one by one, one by one. Joshua did that and he isolated the problem. And he found that the problem was with Achan. Now the king of Jerusalem in our passage belonged to the group of the Amorites. And they begin to fear that somehow they are going to lose Gibeon. That Gibeon is going to be given over to the Israelites, Joshua and his men, because they were aware that Joshua and his men were mighty men. So Gibeon, as we know, was a great city with mighty men, and the five kings gathered together and they began to say, you know what, we need to destroy them once and for all. But what interested me in this passage is this, that Joshua spoke into the battle that was ferociously against them. I think you don't get it tonight. Joshua spoke into the battle that was ferociously against them. He declared something that was so stupendous. Sun, stand still. Just think about the logic of that with me. Just think about that. Who in the world are you to instruct an entire solar system to stop. You, you, have to, you have to feel this tonight. You have to feel this tonight. Listen to me. Who in the world would say something so stupendous to the extent that it would affect and control and dictate what the solar system would do? Who has so much power, but listen to me, here's a man who spoke those words and the words he spoke very much the same as Elijah and we'll talk about that at the end. But just like Elijah, he declared the sun to stand still and when you think about this request, it is so outrageous, it is so insensible, it is so illogical, it is so irrational, it is so nonsensical, yet we find that in our passage that it is believed that Joshua and his men who were fighting against the king of the Amorites, five kings that were against them, he speaks this word and the Bible declares the sun, the sun stood still. What kind of power did this man possess? What kind of authority this man had? 
What kind of words that he spoke that caused the entire solar system, the entire universe to respond to him? It is so irrational, it is so illogical, it is so insensible to consider the magnitude of this request. And so if you study this passage, look at verses 12 here. Sun, stand still over Gibeon. In other words, what Joshua was strategizing in this passage is that while they were fighting the Amorites who were in the valley of Agilon, Joshua and his men, when the sun, listen, listen carefully to me, as the sun was setting, the sun rises on the east, the sun sets on the west. As the sun is setting on the west, where Gibeon is located, as it is going down, it is close to the end of the day, and Joshua presents this request to God. He says, I don't want the day to end until I've defeated them. I don't want the day to end until I have gotten victory over them. I am not going to allow the day to end. And as the sun is just setting, it stops right there. And on the valley of Ajalon, which is on the east of it, the Bible says it became the moon was present there. So in darkness, on the enemy's camp, while light shone, on God's people. This is very fascinating to me because when you read the story of the children of Israel, when they journeyed in, the, in Exodus, the Bible tells us that as they journeyed, they came out and God caused the light, the pillar of fire by night, the cloud of the cloud of uh, the pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day. And the Bible tells us that God allowed the light and darkness to shine in such a manner that it shone towards the children, but it didn't allow the enemy to see the children of Israel. God protected them by controlling the universe and the solar system. God got involved by using what He had control over, what He was in charge of, what God was able to dictate and determine. He took control of it and He determined it. The Bible says that when all of creation had been made, what did the Bible say? Did He pull out a magic wand, wave it and all of creation? No, the Bible says He spoke and it came to existence. My question is, if we serve such a powerful God, why are Christians so defeated? I walked into church tonight and I felt the lack of dominion. I, I, I just felt there was no dominion here. There was a lack of just... Ugh. I'm trying to preach you into dominion tonight. Because we get so carried away and distracted, our emotions, our feelings. Oh, I'm so you know, distracted with, distracted with that. But we serve the God of all heaven and earth. Why are you defeated, oh my soul? Why are you weary, oh pastor? You don't understand what I'm going... No, you don't understand the God you serve. 
You don't know the God you serve. Listen to me carefully. God stopped an entire solar system for one man. God stopped an entire universe for one man. I think you don't understand the magnitude of that, beloved. I struggle to understand that. I begin to think about it and I begin to ponder and I said, wow, God would do such a thing for one man who requested it, for his children. Who, is called, who are called the apple of his eye, God would do such a thing. Have you realized that time has been flying? Why does God allow that to happen? I tell you why. Go read. That's why you need to read your Bible. The Bible says He will cause time to pass for the elect's sake. In other words, before He returns... Time is going to fly by to the degree that we look at life and we look at things going on around us. And I'm convinced that it is not only the, 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 the feeling of time flying, it is the reality that time is flying. Because God is saying, son and daughter, I am going to bring a season of judgment, but I'm going to take you home. That time has to pass. It may sound preposterous. Stop the sun. Stop the sun. It sounds insane. But we know, beloved, that God caused the sun to shine on the children of Israel in Gibeon, bisecting, dividing, so that on the enemy's side, it was darkness. Only God can orchestrate something like that. The magnitude of this miracle, the magnitude, if you understand what is happening here, if you would realize that God would stop the sun for a man, if God would stop the sun for his children, then you would understand that the magnitude of this miracle defines the supernatural, divine ability of the God that we serve. That our God is not weak. Our God is not incapable. Our God is not a weakling. Or, you know, He's looking at all that's going on and He's wondering, oh, you know, I wonder how am I going to deal with this issue? No, He owns and holds everything in the palm of His hands. And God, as I said, stopped the entire universe. God heeded to the, to the voice of a man. In verses 14, the Bible says, there's been no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. God, God did something so unique that day that was never done before. It's never been done. But I'm saying to you right here, beloved, that in all context to this passage, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, For surely I say to you, 
Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What part of that scripture do we not understand as Christians? What, what part do you not understand? What, a, 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 a failing marriage? A failing business? Do you know you serve the God of all heaven and earth? A, a failing relationship? Things are not going our way. Things are not working out. If Joshua could pray that the sun will stand still, if Elijah could pray, rain will come. Listen to me. If Moses could have an encounter with a burning bush, if Moses could stand before the sea and the sea parts, then what is the real, real hindrance is? The real hindrance is us. My faith. Look at the church world today. I sit down and I talk to people. I was talking to someone yesterday and, and it's so amazing. I, I, I was dumbfounded by the reality that everybody has got some business today. Money making. Forex. Cryptocurrency. Can I tell you the problem with a lot of those things? It's not the nature of the business itself. I want to speak to you. It's not the business itself. Can I tell you what God spoke to me the moment I left last night? Is that God revealed to me the real problem with that is there is a discreet, silent spirit that is very poisonous in all of those kind of things that promotes self-dependency. You stop depending on God. Pastor, you're insane. No, look for yourself. How much of your prayer life gets taken away because you start doing things you shouldn't be involved with? I've seen it. People start getting involved. People start getting participate. And I'm, and I'm talking to this person. I said, you have to be careful because there are two things that happens. Greed overcomes you. You're sharing with me, oh, I put $300 in. Okay, fair enough. And then he said, now I put $20,000 in. That's what scams do. They'll get your little bit of money first. Then he throws in 20,000 and they say, <laughs> we got you. Who's the regulator? Who protects it? But you know what happens? Now, every day you're hawk-eyeing it. I have to follow, I have to follow, I have to follow. The devil has successfully caused people to become so self-reliant and self-dependent. I don't need God. This Sifu, this Guru, you're telling me. I, I wanted to know more. I, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I. I have a conversation with him, not because, uh, 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 you know, I. I. I was going to say something negative, but I wanted to learn. I. I wanted to really have a conversation and learn when these things. And 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 the truth be told, beloved. The truth be told. There's a lot of this garbage going on out there, and if you don't realize it, what it does is it takes your trust away from God. That's why Christianity today, as they say in the business world, is becoming a sunset where people don't pray like they used to pray anymore. People don't come to church like they used to anymore. Because you know why? We have what is known as options. So I'm asking you tonight, 
Because when was the last you had an audacious request to God? When was the last you had an audacious request? An insane request. An outrageous request. Because Joshua shows us tonight that he had an insane request and God met him. When was the last you asked God to do something so mighty and powerful? When was the last, beloved? What will you ask God to do for you? What will you ask God to do for you? So let's then talk secondly, because the Bible says faith can move God. Faith moves God. And that is a powerful reality. That means in, in order for Joshua to have moved God that day, no doubt, beloved, he had to have some element of faith. It's fascinating to me what God can do when He's on our side. You see, the Lord will fight for us. This is what many Christians don't encounter. I sit down with people and they often say, Oh, I'm so depressed. Oh, I'm so lost. Oh, and, and they go so bad. Can I tell you, you know, if you just read the Bible, if you just came to church faithfully, I mean, like I preached a few weeks ago, like Abel gave God your very best. I can tell you one thing. There will be supernatural changes in your life that you cannot even do on your own. The problem is that we don't come to God like that. We're so distracted. This generation is so self-reliant and self-dependent. This poison has infiltrated our churches. Can I tell you, if you're sick here tonight, and if you walked out of here, and you say, never mind, I pray God didn't heal me. We know I'll go from one doctor to another doctor to another doctor to another doctor. I know this Dato, I know that Tansri, I know this professor. We will just go and go and go and go because we trust men more than we trust God. But if you earnestly say, God, heal me. Can I tell you, he will do it. That's how much confidence I have in the God I serve. You know, people today, oh, I want to I go for this and I want to go for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you, beloved, the one who can do a miracle for you is the God of all heaven and earth. Look at Joshua. Can we, re, can we uh, restore faith where faith belongs? That's why I'm so against a lot of these business agendas. Because I've, been, I've, I've seen it, church. I, I've studied it. I, I, I asked, and, and so I, I did ask a very casual question. I said, so, so is this regulated? There's so many people. He said, no, no, Bank Nagara don't know about it. <laughs> really? So, so if, if they ran with your money, oh, everything in life has risks. Everything has risk, but don't be stupid. Amen. Don't be a fool. So if you want to sue them, what are you going to do? It's gone. It's over. 
So he was showing me, you know, how this thing works. And he said, I requested for my money to come back. The first time, the money did come back. However, the second time he requested for it, one month ago, the money hasn't come. What's going on? Let me, let me tell you, beloved. Let me tell you. God gave you wisdom. God gave you wisdom. Faith demands you trust Him. I'm going to make a statement to you before I, I, I go ahead and I say this at the end. God doesn't expect you to understand Him. God expects you to trust Him. Can I say that again? God doesn't expect you to under... Joshua didn't sit that day. That's a good statement, but write it down, write it down, write it down. You, you want to remember statements like that. God doesn't... Joshua didn't say, God, explain to me, God. What should I do, God? Explain. I need understanding, God. No. God wanted someone who would trust Him. You know how many times we go through problems in life and you know what God wants from us? Faith. But you know what we want? God, answer me. Why am I going through this problem? God, why am I dealing with this? God, why is this not working? God, why is that not working? God, why am I facing this? God, why am I facing that? And so on and so forth. And God says, I don't want you to understand me. You'll never understand me. Stop asking me too many questions. Just trust me. How many know when you're a parent and your child, you know, Daddy, where are we going, Daddy? Like I'm taking you to the drug ring to pump some drug into your body. No, right? As a father, I'm going to take you somewhere safe. But you know how many times kids, Julia, where are we going, Daddy? Huh? Where are we going? Like, hey, hey, just chill. Don't get insecure on me, okay? I, I drive the car. I know where I'm going, okay? But how many know, you know, as a father, when your children start harping on you, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And you feel like telling I'm going to sell you off to the, to the market trader. Right? I'm looking for the Slyang market. You know, I want to sell you off. Listen to me, beloved. Listen to me. How many times we go to God? Why, La God? Why am I going through this problem? Why you allow this to happen to me? Why this is not working? God, why? Come on, grow up and move on. God doesn't want you to understand. God wants you to trust Him. Some things you cannot explain, beloved. Some things in life you cannot explain. Joshua 10, uh, Abraham Lincoln made this profound statement. I'm going to try to wrap this up. As you know, I don't have my timer, you know. So, <laughs> so but, but I'll get you out of here. Don't worry, soon. In the American Civil War, Abraham Lincoln made a very profound statement that I have always remembered, he said, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is whether we are on God's side. You know how many times we're so consumed about being or, or God being on our side. God, are you with me? Are you with me? No, 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 no. Let's, let's be clear about something. He is the author and the finisher. You are just a lay person. You go by His terms. You go by His choices. You go by His will. And when you do things according to His will, and when your will and His will aligns, guess what happens? Miracles. 
breakthroughs, favor, opportunities begin to play out. And this is what we see in Joshua chapter 10, verses 8 to 9. Look at this passage with me, beloved. The Bible says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So, so listen to me very carefully as I bring this to a close. The Amorites weren't fighting against the Israelites. They were up and against God Almighty. They just didn't know it. Are you with me? So when they picked a fight with you, when they picked a fight with the children of Israel, they thought they were fighting flesh and blood. But how many know God was on the side of the Israelites? Just like God is always on our side. So when people do things against or when someone comes against us, they're not fighting us, they're fighting God. You can gossip, you can slander, you can badmouth, you can say whatever you want, but you speak, as the Bible says, not against the man, but against God. What they do to you, they do unto me. Isn't that what the Bible says in the book of John? So fear not, beloved. When people, when the Satan comes against you, when the enemy comes against you, your faith will help you weather through the storm. But the reality of it, as I said, the Bible makes it very clear. When they come against you, they come against me. You are the apple of God's eyes. Now, that's not a mystery we understand that, we like that, we claim that. But this is where it gets complicated or complicating. Is it complicated, complicated? You know what I mean. If only they accepted it. Listen to me. You know, if the Amorites, the king of the Amorites only accepted the reality that, you know what, there is no way we're going to beat the children of Israel. Now, the children of Israel had a track record. Go back to the book of Exodus 17, right? Who did they beat? The Amalekites. Go to the book of Joshua, the early chapters of Joshua. Who did they beat? They beat at the battle of Ai. They, they defeated an entire army, right? So they are aware. The Amorites are aware. This is a strong and mighty people. How many know that people know that Christians are mighty? <laughs> but Christians don't live like that. They know, we know we got the power of God. But listen to me carefully here. They accepted the reality that God was fighting for the Israelites. Rebelliously, they still chose to fight. They still chose to go against, but in reality, they will never win. There were more who died from the hailstone than the sword. The Bible says that God caused hail to fall from the sky and it killed a multitude of people. They died from more ways without human intervention compared to human involvement. That means God fought for them and they could do nothing more than God could do on their behalf. I want you to catch that. This is very vital because the truth be told, the hailstone could not have been formulated by men. 
Men couldn't have organized that. Men couldn't have curated that. Men couldn't have caused that to happen. They couldn't have said abracadabra and caused the hailstone to fall. No way. This was God's doing. And this scripture tells me that people died more without human intervention than with human involvement. So when God is fighting for you, you, there's more you achieve than you fighting for yourself. Are you with me tonight? When God is fighting for you, when God is battling for you, when God is on your side, there is so much more you achieve than you being fighting on your own and trying to handle it on your own. This is the real. More fell by the hailstone than by the sword. It seems that hailstone was God's signature. In Exodus 9.18, Behold, tomorrow about this time, I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Listen to me. This is a, this is a powerful insight that God does far more than you can do about your problems. When God gets involved, so now the question then is Abraham Lincoln's question, are we on God's side? Because you'll never see victories if you're forcing God on your turf. Are you with me? You'll never see victories. You'll never see God causing miracles like causing the sun to stop. I remember years ago when um, we were going through some very tough time financially. This was in my... may not even have been married at that time. But... It was a time when we couldn't even take the Rotex for our car. And we didn't have petrol to travel around. You know, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. And it was in that moment that somehow the government announced on that, at that nick of time, I think it was the BR1M, it might have been, that they were giving all the citizens... 600 ringgit cash and it was going to be transferred immediately this must have been just about the time when they were trying to go towards election and how many want to know it seemed like god gave the entire country money just for us to take our rotex because it was on that day that our rotex expired that's how i felt I literally felt that way because it seemed like why of all world would they randomly announce this? No expectation this was going to happen. And all of a sudden they do it within a matter of a day or two and the money comes in right smack on the day the Rotex so we could go forth and renew it. It felt at that time like God, it's like you did this for us. 
That's how Joshua was probably feeling at that time. How would God cause an entire universe to stop? See, sometimes, this is what we have to ask ourselves, beloved. It seems like that hailstone was God's way of showing that He is in charge right there. That that Joshua, in your own ability, there's no way you can conquer these people. I need to help you. And God is always trying to show that to us. And some believers have to learn to differentiate though. Can I say to you, we have to learn to different. Let me sidetrack a little bit as I close. Sometimes God hits us with hailstones on purpose. Because you actually think you're on God's side when actually you're on the enemy's side. Are you with me? And God is trying to tell you, wake up. What must I do to shake and get your attention? And we think, oh, I'm going through the trials, pastor. Let me pray. Let me fast. Let me seek God. And God's saying, no, you fool, repent. Get your heart right. You've got too much of pride in you. You have too much heart-heartedness in you. You're filled with so much of corruption. You look at things that you're, you're so impure. How can I give you breakthrough if you're not right with me? And then we somehow, you know why we don't believe that can happen? Because of this whole grace theology today. That one safe, always safe. That you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the grace of God knows that I struggle and I go through this and I go through that. Listen to me, the grace of God is God's strength for you to do what's right. If you can't wake up and pray, don't blame God. You are lazy. Amen. He gave you breath. He gave you strength. He gave you a mind to seek Him. And then we wonder why, why God, why? It's His grace that you have ability to to speak. You have ability to move about. And then we somehow think, oh, this hailstone is the enemy. Sila, my finances are bad. Look at my life. This, No, 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 no. God is throwing those hailstones from heaven to wake you up. Say, repent. Get it right. See, this is where we find it hard to differentiate. We associate those hardships as trials. When actually God is saying, I'm trying to get your attention. This is what I'm, and, and we think that, oh, you know, and every day we pray, I rebuke the devil. But God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm the one trying to get you. Have you ever seen your children trying to open a bottle in the kitchen? I don't, a lot of times it's my wife. She comes, can you open now? You know, you feel like, mm. <laughs> come. And then you... And then you, you try to show her you can. Can I tell you the truth, beloved? Sometimes God is like that. Cannot open, is it? Oh. Well, I'll wait until you come to me. And he just sits there. He watches. And then you go to somebody else to ask for help. You run to the lawyer. You run to the doctor. You run to the pastor. And God's saying, don't you get it? I'm getting your attention. Come to me. 
And then we think, you know, oh God, why the hailstone? Why the problem? Why are you? Why, why the assault? Why the difficulties? God is saying, because I'm trying to get your attention. Because a lot of times, we want to pull God onto our side, rather than we being on God's side. So I ask you tonight, whose side are you on? Are you forcing God to accept what you want to believe in? Are you forcing God to say, you know what, uh, uh, this is what you want, then have it your way? Can I say to you this evening, church, reality is we cannot fight God and win. You can fight. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. I ask you to examine your heart this evening. As I had to do mine, am I really in God's will or am I fighting against God? Am I blaming the devil for my own ill behaviors, my own corruption, my own attitude, my own arrogance, my own pride? Am I blaming the devil like as though, oh, I'm doing everything right? You see, instead of rebuking the devil, instead of rebuking, why don't we repent? And say, God, I've not been on your side. I've been forcing my agenda down your throat. I've been forcing what I want my way. At times we assume the enemy is attacking, but soberingly we bring it upon ourselves. There is the law of consequences. I've seen this so many times, beloved. God fights those. God will fight. God will fight for those who stand for Him. It's awfully quiet tonight. It's okay. I'll preach and let you leave. Thank you, son. See, when God is on your side, how many know He can just do, do just about anything? So the question is, can we move God? Can we move God like Joshua did? Can we pray prayers that literally moves the hand of God to stop an entire universe for us? Can we pray prayers that can cause God to stop an entire solar system for us is god really with us so let's close because these are defining moments 40 minutes these are defining moments that god desires for us to process so let me leave you with these thoughts we have to embrace we have to believe with all our hearts. If you want to encounter what Joshua encountered, there's no shortcuts. You cannot have a half past six Christian and expect God to stop the sun for you. He won't do it. He will not do what you ask Him to do because the requirement, the prerequisite is that we are in His will. And so this is what we find. The Bible says there has been no day like that before and no day after. It was a unique experience. It was an unexpected experience. It was an unusual experience. And as believers, beloved, our faith tonight, 
Our faith, not my faith, your faith. I have encountered God. I still have experienced. I read the Bible and God speaks. I pray and I experience God. I lay hold of God. And sometimes that's the frustration. Because we think, why do I experience God? But why do others not seem to have that encounter? I, I remember listening. One of the pastors was sharing. He said a man walked up to him and said, Pastor, uh, can you pray for me? Did God speak to you about my life? Can you ask God, what does he want to say to me? And so the pastor said, hey, 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 bro, uh, I usually don't do that. You need to pray and ask God to speak to you and let God minister to you personally. And so, however, the next day the pastor was at home, uh, he was just praying and then he, he remembered this man who came to him on Sunday. And so he asked God, he said, God, you know, this man came to me, he asked me to pray and told me to, you know, give him a word. What do you, is there anything you'd like to say to him, God? God says, yeah, yeah, I've got some things I like to say to him. Tell him I like to talk to him personally. <laughs> How many know I cannot hear God for you? I can't. God will speak to you. You see, this is what we think. Oh, pastor, give me a word, pastor. Oh, tell me something I need to know. No, if you don't have the faith for it, then how can God speak to you? This is why your prayer life cannot just be about one-way conversation. This is what ticks me off so many times. How is it possible you can know God so much and not hear Him speak to you? How is it possible that you can hear and say, Oh, God, God, I know God. He's my God and He's my Savior. I know who He is. But never seem to hear God speak to you. I say to you, beloved, the blessing is not in God dealing with me. The blessing flows when a person responds. Oh, I feel God dealing with me. So what? What have you done? What have you done? Oh, I prayed, you know, I prayed for three days. And after that? You think God won one, one slingshot relationship with Him? Longevity brings blessing. When you consistently pray and seek God, on the long run, that's where the blessing comes. That's the kind of relationship Joshua had with God. It wasn't a one-off thing. It wasn't, this is why I, I like revivals and I don't like revivals. Because people somehow think, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. I tell you, I kid you not. I'm sitting there and there are times God gives me words for people, I don't give it. I know what's happening. God puts it in my heart, but I just say, God, I, I don't want to speak it. I want to keep my mouth shut. You speak to them. I think sometimes God reveals things because so we understand, maybe as a pastor, maybe as a leader, we understand. If you come and talk to me and if God deals with me to say it to you, I'll say it to you. But otherwise, I, a lot of times I just shut my mouth. Because I believe in the God who speaks. If I can hear for your life, why can't you hear for yours? That's my argument. Why can't God slap you across the face or like He does for me? I, and and that's, that's not us. Don't, don't take that in the wrong way. God does that many a time. You know, palm. Oh, what happened? 
right? Because God is trying to tell you, stop it. You see, it's not the blessing isn't in God dealing with me. The blessing is in the response. So Joshua, let's close with this. I didn't expect it to go so long, but I'm going to close right here. Joshua, in, jo- in Joshua chapter 10, verses 6, Jeremy, we have that up, right? And the man of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. What what was it here? You want to know why God heard Joshua? Because when they called, he was sensitive enough to respond. And that act of responding to God, that act of... I get calls, beloved. I get calls. Pastor, I'm depressed. Because you don't come to church. I've had people tell me, oh, you know, pastor, I got my EPF money, but I'm not going to tithe. Yeah, I robbed God. And until today, it is the same. I told you it's Sunday morning. I'll tell you straight up, Sunday morning, I told you. There are two types of people. One who always say, I don't have enough. And one who always says, I'm blessed. The tither is always blessed. The ones who fight God, every time, never see blessing. Always. Not enough. Tada chukup, tada chukup, tada chukup, tada chukup, tada chukup. Never enough. Because you don't understand God sees everything. Don't play God. Don't play with God. I, I have said, I, I have, I've counseled people, I say honor God. Not because the church wants your money. I don't want your money. Listen to me. Don't want it. God wants your heart, I said Sunday morning. And the only way to your heart is through your money. But this is the reality right here. When people choose not to respond, they always mess themselves up. I had this uh, one man who, who, you know, refused, argued, you know, until kingdom come. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I can do it myself. I, uh, and, and, and one job failure to another job failure, from one problem to another problem, never having enough, couldn't take care, nothing. But it all goes back to that action of saying, God, you know what? I can handle this myself. Are you on God's side? If you're not, He's not fighting for you. He's fighting against you. That's what I'm scared about. That so many Christians are going through hard times and actually God is fighting you. And He's saying, quit it, quit it, shut up, stop doing that, don't do that, don't go there, don't invest in that, stop, 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 stop. I'm giving you signs, I'm showing you it's wrong. And we say, oh no, the devil is stopping, the devil don't want this, the devil don't want that. Are you sure? Maybe God is fighting you. I want you to bow your heads with me. No day like it. How many know we can see God move in such 